Hey everyone, my name is Colin Rube. I'm a structural engineer uh, with Ras Ras and Johnson out in Chicago. Uh, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Engineering Greatness, uh, an original podcast uh, from the American Concrete Institute. And I'm uh, uh, glad to be here with uh, my co-host and, and friend, Patrick Barnhouse. Hello, everyone. Thanks for the intro, Colin. Yes, my name is Patrick Barnhouse, and I am the manager of the Concrete Materials Laboratories at American Engineering Testing in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks, Patrick. So we've known each other since, uh, I don't know, what, 2016 or so. I think we, we yeah. both met each other at the... Uh, Milwaukee Convention, uh, ACI, right. both uh, within driving distance of our uh, respective uh, uh, hometowns these days, uh, so we can convince our uh, employers that uh, that we can we should go at a, a really early age. But uh, uh, having known you that long, I, I feel like we we really haven't talked too much about our respective backgrounds um, and and how we got to where we are now. Yeah. You know, Seven years later, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know six and a half years, and we've been just yeah. talking about whatever the the events of the day are for us. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so why don't we talk a little bit about your your career journey? Um, I feel like you know, knowing you for these years, uh, I feel like your your the beginning of your career and and your your uh, background. It's kind of like that Johnny Cash song. I've been everywhere. Yeah, well, I suppose, suppose to a certain degree. So, <laughs> yeah, because I did my undergraduate down at uh, Marquette University. That's over in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And so I did my undergraduate there and I gr did a co-op experience. So I was able to graduate with a year of work experience. So it just took five years instead of four years. And then I went out west to Colorado and did grad work out there. I started at the Colorado School of Mines in Golden, Colorado, but then ended up finishing out and getting my degree from the University of Colorado in Boulder. But then after I bounced around for a couple of places for schooling, I bounced back to the Midwest and kind of hit in between Wisconsin and Colorado and ended up in Minnesota at AET, American Engineering Testing. And I always just was kind of wanting to get something in the materials side of civil engineering. And so an opportunity to be involved with a, a testing and engineering consultancy was kind of a good fit for me. Yeah. Well, was there something, you know, in your you know early years that really, I guess, uh, directed you towards materials specifically? You know, I, I know in my experience, it's not like something that, you know, you know, is, is a, is a thing in high school or anything like that. So. Yeah. Well, originally I actually wanted to go into geotechnical engineering in my undergrad yeah, yeah. in my undergrad, that was what really sparked my interest. Um, I thought it was interesting to, work with whatever materials you were given, like whatever in situ soils, that's just what you've got to deal with on a project. And that was interesting to me. Um, and then whenever I got into grad school, I ended up having my interest more shifted 
towards the concrete and just I had had some some personal things come up when when it came to actually getting through the uh, the geotechnical curriculum and then uh, when I was looking at concrete as a possible shift I realized well there's a lot of similarities to going with the the geotechnical route because I was looking at all these different constituent materials but it was almost like taking geotechnical engineering but I got to actually engineer my material rather than just deal with what I was given on a given on a specific mm-hmm. project. Yeah, and yeah. So they call, they call geotechnical engineering what the the, the dark science or uh, dark yeah. magic. Yeah, yeah. And so it just was like, well, instead of just needing to make the most of it, I could actually take some of those similar principles, or you know, I I'd still take natural materials and coarse and fine aggregates of rock and sand, but I can manipulate them and grade them, and, you know, blend them as needed into the concrete material. So, I mean, I've always been very much a materials minded person, but I know Colin, you've been more on the, the structural side, the analysis side, did is that kind of where you started when you were an undergrad or did you kind of have a, a pivot like me? Oh yeah. Yeah. I definitely pivoted like you. I mean, um, not exactly the same, but going, you know, back to high school, um, you know, I was like a, the, the typical wannabe engineer, right. You know, played with Legos, you know, in my early days, um, you know, love to you know go to the city uh, it, it, it was nice being, you know, in suburban Chicago and being able to go, go out to the city and, and see the fantastic skyline all the, all the time, uh, throughout my young, uh, younger years. Um, and then obviously just getting into math and science and, and knowing that that was kind of my niche and, um, uh, just experiencing that kind of thing. And then, um, my dad, he was, um, Kind of passionate about architecture, um, so so that was um, a little, um, you know, kind of uh, thing I got from him, and and he actually works in the uh, the trades, and so I, I at an early age I I got that experience of of construction and and what that all kind of had to uh, in that feeling and that and that um, uh, experience, um, but. I think as as I got um, further along in in high school, and you might you may uh, think about this too, uh, you know, from from past years. But um, most of all was was roller coasters, and a lot oh, of players will say, "Oh yeah, I want to design and build roller coasters. That's my dream." And yeah, that uh, I was one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, you you, you, know? you fit the stereotype. Yeah, absolutely. Played the roller coaster tycoon video game, and um, you know, it's like, yeah, this this is something that I can do. I'm going to be a Imagineer at Disney World, or I'm going to wow. design, uh, you know, the the tallest roller coasters for Cedar Point or or whatever. And and so my background going into uh, college was okay. I want to be an engineer. I want to design roller coasters, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what kind of engineer I need to be to do that. And I still don't know. I, yeah, I still don't know. <laughs> you need to be a, a 
there's undefined engineering, but, uh, you know, going into that is like, okay, maybe mechanical is the way to go. And, and so that's, that's kind of what I, I, I was looking at. I was looking at schools for mechanical and, um, you know, uh, uh, ended up at the university of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign as an undeclared engineer. And, uh, uh, fortunately for me, there was a class that they offered in my freshman year that kind of went through all the engineering disciplines for those undecided engineers uh, to try to figure out where you belong. And, you know, the first day was like environmental, you know, I like, it should I even go. <laughs> and then like the second day was uh, uh, mechanical and I'm like, all right, here we go. And yeah. after about five minutes, I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> this isn't for me. No way. No way, no way, no way. Was uh, it like the thermodynamics or what aspect of it just didn't? Yeah, I'm like, heat, what are heat pumps? Uh, heat pumps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, thermodynamics. And well, and I decided that I don't like things that move. I don't like things that move, Patrick. It's just, it's, yeah. mm, no. You're in, like, the right, you're in the right field then. Yeah, yes. So civil came and it's like, oh, statics. We like, uh, you know, sum of forces equals zero. Yes, that's where I belong. Um, yes. So, so that's really what got me into to civil engineering, specifically structural engineering, um, and 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 that pursuit. So, yeah. Well, you interesting. You talked about even going back to high school, and that's that's really cool to hear, like where those foundations came from for you. And you know, I talked about. By the time I got to college, I was set on engineering, um, but I'd had that that pivot of geotech to right. uh, concrete materials. But back in high school, I actually originally thought I was going to become an airline pilot. There you go. I was actually really into aviation, and I actually had toured a school for the sake of going to their flight program. Oh, really? And, yeah. Yeah, I got to go out to the airfield and like see the different planes and they were talking about how like after your first semester or the first year, you'd have your private pilot's license and so you could like rent out their planes if you wanted to and and I was super captivated and I still like aviation and airplanes and such, but then I got to talk to other people in the industry and it was just like the the work-life balance was going to be very off kilter like gone for two or three weeks at a time and it's like yeah. missing every holiday was like i yeah. don't know about that and then yeah. i had people tell me like well you're good at you know math and science do you want to do engineering and i was like oh i guess i should think about that and, <laughs> but yeah yeah but so and that was what ended up pointing me back to the uh, back to engineering but yeah originally i was gonna be flying airplanes yeah i can't say can't say the same for that but uh i guess if i if i could i just ride roller coasters for a job that'd be fun well that, that, would, be <laughs> that would be a good um <clears throat> so um i guess so you got into engineering you got into um you know, concrete. Um, so is that why you got into ACI then that just, you know, naturally led you to this organization? Uh, were you involved in organizations during school that um, like ACI student chapters or other student yeah. chapters? 
that kind of led you in that direction? Yeah. So I actually wasn't really involved with ACI at a college level. Um, my involvement today really opens my eyes to how much there is available for students. Um, an undergraduate, I did the uh, concrete canoe, but that's with ASCE mm-hmm. instead of ACI. Mm-hmm. Um, but then whenever I started here at AET, I, you know, I was working in the concrete labs and as, you know, an aspiring engineer and growing my career, my supervisor really encouraged me to get involved with ACI. Um, And so I was really, it was a a really big blessing to be able to have such a, uh, such a support from my manager from the get-go. Yeah. Um, being close by at Milwaukee for my first ACI convention, because I started with my company uh, in the fall of 2015. So spring of 2016 for the Milwaukee convention was my first opportunity to be at AET when uh, ACI was happening. And so that was a good chance for me to really see what the wider world of concrete really was. I mean, it, it just opened my eyes to to like the diversity of the discipline because I feel like when you started out like what branch of engineering do you want okay well I want to do civil and it's like well I want to do civil so do you want to do transportation materials structural environmental (laughs) so and it's like okay well I'm gonna do you know I'm gonna go to materials like okay well are you gonna do steel are you gonna do concrete okay well I'm gonna do concrete (laughs) and it's like okay yeah it's like and then now when you're in concrete it's like well do you want to worry about mixed design do you want to do structural analysis do you you know are you doing paving or you know what what's your applications and it's like are you doing research are you doing fiber reinforcement are you doing traditional reinforcement is just like we can really go down the rabbit hole and ACI just let me see like all the different varieties and disciplines and subdisciplines within the field that we can get involved and contribute right, to. Right. And really find your, your, your place in the society. Yeah. Really, really find a niche within, which within the industry. Um, I mean, for you, Colin, did you get to start out at ACI right away in your career or did it, or did it take so, a while? So no, um, uh, it, it took me a while. I, I was a late bloomer in terms of, you know, actually getting into the civil engineering courses and figuring out my way. But, uh, um, you know, I, I would say around junior year is when it started really ramping up with the technical societies and, and getting involved uh, from a technical standpoint. And in my involvement, similar to you, uh, I, I got involved um, through a, a, a peer in concrete canoe. And I mean, that, that organization really changed my whole life. Um, I mean, I, I still have friends to this day, um, that, you know, are going to be life, lifelong friends, you know, and just lifelong relationships that, um, that, uh, really opened the door to, uh, in my future career and, and all the different pathways that I could take. And, and, you know, it was just a, a, a great organization. It really uh, met my needs. Like I wanted to get involved in the technical aspect, but uh, being an Eagle Scout and being that outdoorsy guy and uh, going to Boundary Waters, um, nice. 
you know, up in, up in Minnesota there in Canada and, and canoeing and, and having that background, it just, it was a great fit, you know, of technical and recreational. And, um, you know, I got to participate uh, both on the mixed design team and the construction team, um, and then uh, even compete in, a, in competition um, and race. And, and that was one of the most exhilarating and and wonderful experiences of my college career. Um, you got to be, you got to be in the, in the team to help actually paddle and, and did the races. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I think it was, um, the regional competition in 2000 and, uh, now I'm dating myself. <laughs> it's okay. It's a safe uh, 2012, space. 2000. Yeah. 2012, probably 2012, 2012, and uh, it was at, I think it was held, the Midwest region was held at Bradley University. Um, so I don't know That's if you well. were on the team at that point, but I know Marquette was in our, our uh, region. And yep. Uh, yep. yeah, I got to, I got to paddle and, and um, I was uh, uh, happy to get second place in the endurance race with my, uh, with my uh, fellow colleague who got me into concrete canoe originally. So it was a really exhilarating experience and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I remember to it, remember it to this day. And, and, and like I said, it opened all these doors and, and really let me see uh, what else was out there besides structural engineering. Cause originally I get into structural engineering. Oh, I want to design skyscrapers. I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. Right. But, um, but that's not what I do. Um, and, and that's okay. Um, I got into materials like you. I got into a laboratory course that I, I really enjoyed um, in undergrad and, um, you know, uh, interfaced with uh, a professor um, at the University of Illinois um, in the materials department and, you know, uh, really got my foot in the door, right? And um, I love the class so much. I ended up teaching it uh, in graduate school as I stayed at the University of Illinois to get my graduate um, degree. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I enjoyed that so much. Um, and I think teaching, um, students something that you're very passionate about is, is, is also a very rewarding experience. I know we're in the industry, but, uh, we see that, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, our mentorship and, and other things like that. And that's what I was going to say. I feel like with our roles now, we still have opportunities to, to teach. I mean, whether that be a younger engineer, whether that be a new process to a coworker, there's, there's still those teaching moments, which are very rewarding. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, well, I had a, I had a question actually, whenever you were, as an undergrad, you got involved in canoe as well, too. Were you yeah. aware of ACI student chapters? Or did you do ACI stuff as well? So, yeah. So I didn't get involved in the student chapter, but I knew people who were involved. Okay. I mean, with Concrete Canoe, uh, there was a concrete connection. Uh, a lot of the graduate student advisors were involved in ACI. Um, sure. Like that. So I knew of it, but I didn't yeah. really get involved until... Uh, industry. And when I went into the industry, um, I really, I went into structural engineering and I ended up being uh, a structural consultant in the repair, restoration, forensics industry uh, and, and doing a lot of consulting. And 
and my, my niche is concrete repair. Um, and, and so a lot of that has to do with understanding concrete as material and how it degrades and things like that. And, and so I reached out to uh, my professor first or second year um, in the industry and said, Hey, you know, I really enjoy, um, you know, concrete repair. And I, and I want to learn more about the mechanisms that concrete degrades, uh, you know, sulfate attack, uh, freeze thaw, corrosion, um, alkali silica reaction, you know, all those um, degradation mechanisms that we run into um, on a day-to-day basis with our existing structures. And, and certainly I was running into in my industry. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the best thing you can do is, is take a class, take my class. And so I'm like, well, yeah, why not? Let's do it. So I actually went back to school um, just as an online student um, to take a class in degradation of materials, corrosion and things like that. And, and uh, really, you know, buff, buffed up my knowledge of, of, of all that um, uh, information and all, all those mechanisms so that I could apply that to my day-to-day job and, and really build, uh, build upon or build a foundation for really, you know, advancing in the industry. So um, I tell people, you know, I, I recruit a lot um, these days and, and I tell young, young kids and, and students, you know, take as many classes as you can. You know, if you have extra time, you know, you're never going to get this chance again to, to learn all these things that 10 years down the road, you'll wish you took that wood class or you wish you took that masonry class or that degradation class, those unique classes that, that are offered that are there. And that information is there that once you get in the industry, as you know, like time becomes, uh, non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. So, um, why don't we uh, switch gears and talk a little bit about um, the industry now and, and go into kind of our uh, advancement in the industry. I know that you, uh, uh, you're a licensed uh, uh, engineer, professional engineer yeah. in a couple of different states, right? Tell me about yes. that. Yeah. So, I mean, that process for me, it obviously took a few years once I graduated my first licensure was in the state of Minnesota where I live and in the state of Minnesota, since I had a um, master's degree, I was required to have one year less of work experience under. Right. 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 I think it's similar for Illinois. Yeah. And so that was nice to go and I already have a, a leg up there. And then it was just a matter of gaining a variety of experiences as well too in those three or four years that it was leading up to being eligible to sit for the PE exam. And one of the things that I also found interesting for myself while taking the PE exam was just how, as someone who had a a passion for materials and had a lot of materials experience that there wasn't really like a materials PE exam to take. Right. Uh, right it was, right. you know, 
I could either look back at geotechnical or I could look at structural or there's transportation option. And so my graduate work was actually with the, with in structural engineering. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I opted to go back for, uh, I took the, the structural emphasis. for the Right. And that was, I mean, there was, as I'm sure I would be preaching to the choir, talking to you, it's about the amount of, of studying and the practice mm-hmm. exams. And I can look over at my bookshelf and see the, the bookshelf full of all the reference materials, right. and the tabbed books and all the notes that took to be able to, to take the exam. And then I took the exam in was it yeah it was October of 18 then and thankfully I was able to pass on my first attempt of taking the Mm -hmm. exam and was able to start using that for my my day-to-day job at AET and then the nature of my work being laboratory based we deal with projects from across the country regularly and so then there became a need to start having um, coverage with licensure from various states, not just the state of Minnesota. Sure. And so it was last year, actually, I got my, uh, my second state, I'll say, and that was uh, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. So it was an adjacent one right next to us. But that worked out well because we have other engineers in the group who have other states and so then depending on what the project is kind of helps dictate like who's going to be the project manager and oversee and and perform that work and i mean there's there's other avenues within the company as well too that i know of a couple people who their 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 skills are very much in demand and they have licensure in you know almost like half of the states just because of Uh of all the work that they go to is like, that's right. It comes a lot to keep track of as well. Too. Yeah. 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 But, I can only imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I found the, the, the PE to be a challenge, but I know the one thing I've always admired about you is the fact that you not did, only did the PE, but you also took and passed the SE as well too. That's which right. I always tip my hat to you for that. Cause that is, that is super impressive to me. I mean, was your PE experience similar to mine? And then like, what was, what was it like to not just do the PE, but also the SE? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was similar um, for sure. I mean, I, I, I obviously um, having a structural degree, I was able to um, go and take uh, the, the, the structural PE um, without having to, you know, like, uh, should I take the, geotech or the transportation yeah. like that yeah. so that was that was that was nice um and then in illinois uh we could take it at any time um so i didn't have to wait at all i i, I was able to take it um uh, you know very very soon after i started um and then once i passed it i just had to wait until i had the four extra years of experience um, to actually obtain the licensure to get that license and be a licensed engineer in that in 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 the state of Illinois. Uh, sure. But yeah. in the state of Illinois, um, as as I'm sure you know, um, it, 
for the work that I do in structural engineering and, and, uh, and not just repair, but design, any, any kind of structural engineering, um, a PE is insufficient and you require uh, an SE, which is a California-based exam. It's a two-day exam. Um, I think uh, two eight-hour days, uh, one day focused on vertical gravity loads, things like that. Uh, the second day focused on lateral, which involves earthquakes and, and wind and, and things like that. So, so yeah, a much different experience. Um, I remember studying quite a bit for the PE, but, uh, but nothing compares to the amount of studying and preparation that was required for the SE. That's, that's absolutely for sure. It's, 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 uh, it, it's a task. It's, it's a second job. Um, yeah what I describe it as, but, uh, it's, it's worth it. It's, it's a, uh, uh, you know, it's a distinguishing, uh, you know, characteristic that, um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of for sure, but, uh, very, as you should be. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it was quite the experience for me. Um, I know some people are, are lucky to, to take both, uh, exams and, and pass both of them, uh, on the first try, but, uh, uh, the exam, I, I feel, has changed over the past several years. Uh, it's become more like two exams than than one big exam, uh, as your may may have uh, and and uh, your older colleagues or whatever would would describe it as. And in my opinion, the the exam is best taken in in two parts. You focus on the vertical exam first, and then you focus on the lateral exam. And, you know, I, I made the mistake of not doing that the first time because, well, everybody else is doing both. I might as well. And, and getting peer pressure from people at the, at the company who, you know, oh, yeah, I just took both of them at the same time. And I just remember the second day just being absolutely exhausted. Like, why am I, why am I here? What am I doing? And, and obviously, the second day didn't go well for me. I, I passed the first day on the first try, which was great. Um, but the second day uh, I needed to work on, I needed to focus more on that. And I think some of it has to do with uh, the education in the Midwest. Um, as I'm sure, you know, doesn't really focus too much on, on earthquake um, right. in your, especially uh, specifically when you were looking at your geotech, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you, you, you did much in terms of earthquake and, and, and lateral uh, loads in that, in that respect, but I know, we had a few earthquake theoretical courses at University of Illinois that gave us a good background, but you know it wasn't heavy um, design or anything like that. Uh, it's very very little material specific information. So you know how does concrete behave in an earthquake and that kind of thing, right? Um, and, and it was a lot of learning on my own and 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 uh, and you know reading codes and and really just you know taking a whole new like semester long course uh, yeah. to really understand that. And, and I know I ran into a couple of issues that, uh, you know, uh, kind of, I guess, uh, stretched out the, uh, the time between me passing the first one and the second one. The first one, I had a, a family medical emergency and had to cancel the exam. And then uh, the, uh, and they only offered it every six months. So postpone it six months and, uh, well, you know, studying really hard in March of 2020 hits, and everything. Did, did something happen? Did something happen then? <laughs> everything. 
town, obviously, and 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 that included the examinations. So all the examinations uh, were canceled again. So I I went a full year without taking uh, the exam, and uh, uh, finally got to take it in October of 2020, mask and all. Um, mm-hmm. Best part about that is I got my own desk, didn't have to share any space with anyone, got to spread all my books and all my resources out. Um, so yeah, you had nice room to spread everything yeah. out then. Yeah, that was, that was what I needed. That was, that was that, uh, what I needed to pass. And, and, and now, you know, I'm, I'm proud to, to, to have that, uh, that licensure and, and be a practicing structural engineer. Um, I know the first time, I don't know, I'm sure you've, you've stamped some things, uh, but yeah. that first time you take that stamp out and, and put your your stamp on uh, repair drawing or a, a document. Yeah. It's a nerve wracking experience. Yes, it is. It's like it's it's that it's really that sense of ownership I felt whenever I put the stamp on it. It's like I I, I I'm looking at this. I am reading it. I approve it. I think that this is good and acceptable and safe for the use and for the public and it's it's yeah a humbling experience yeah yeah i know i i know the the, the first time i stamped it i i did review every single word like seven times before i was comfortable but uh the most the, the biggest thing i take away from that is is you know like some Young engineers uh, will talk to me about uh, the idea of imposter syndrome. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've experienced that, but you find yourself in in such a, a high level technical position, um, you know, and your billing rates are super high, and you're providing this professional opinion to uh, you know your clients and things like that, and you you just find yourself overwhelmed sometimes, and and I think. Um, once I put that first stamp on the drawing, that that pretty much eliminated the imposter syndrome. It was like, yes, I belong. You know, I'm. Oh, that's I'm, really. I'm a structural engineer. This is this is my, this is my career. This is this is you know, you know where I'm supposed to be. That's really cool. I like that a lot. It's it's amazing how like that was able to do that for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, where, so you got all your technical chops, obviously, and well-earned. And what have you been up to lately? What's been more of your day-to-day these days? Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of have transitioned um, a little bit here uh, from uh, more of a technical structural engineer doing, you know, punching out calcs, doing a lot of site visits to, more of a project manager, really juggling a lot of projects at a time and um, uh, working with a lot of younger engineers and and older engineers too, and delegating a lot of work and kind of just, you know, managing um, all the different projects that that we have to work on um, at my company. Now, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, my company and how it differs from like the traditional structural engineer design world, uh, I know a lot of structural engineers that that I know from from school and 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 uh, and colleagues and networking and even at ACI um, in the design world you could work on one project for three years um, and, yeah. and nothing else 
in my world, I, I think, you know, uh, just yesterday, I probably put in about 14 different entries to my timesheet. Yeah. So many different projects that I have to juggle all at once. You know, they're, they're all little projects or, you know, you could have one big project that lasts a little bit longer, but a lot of these are just, you know, uh, little investigations or, you know, critical examinations of facades, um, you know, things like that. And, and so it, it takes, it takes a team um, to really accomplish that. And, and so my role has really gone from, you know, technically focused and making sure that, you know, all my calculations are perfect and doing things the way that I want them done to really relying and mentoring um, younger staff and, 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 and my team, uh, my support to then, you know, take over some of those responsibilities, um, so that we can accomplish, you know, that same goal. Um, and, and, you know, I think maybe you probably can speak to a similar situation in, in your experience now as a, as a manager of the concrete lab. Right. And so when I started AT, I was engineer one. After I got my PE, I was engineer two. And then my supervisor had retired. And then I was promoted to manager of the concrete materials laboratories, which is, uh, it's, it was a career move that I had always kind of thought about as a possibility. But having it kind of dropped in my lap a couple years earlier than I had expected was was as exciting and and daunting all at once i think that i really resonate with a lot of what you had mentioned colin about being able to step back from doing the work yourself to mentoring and developing those skills in now my employees mm-hmm. and there is there's a really high level of of trust that you need to be able to exert with everybody because i'm i know i can be someone who's very much likes to be in control right and i can be like i i know if, if i do it i can do it with my methods and take care of things but i'm only one person whereas the whole department is 16 people and you know you said it takes a team and being able to trust team members and develop team members. That's how we're able to do great things and to do more things and to, and to do right. things well. Right. But yeah. It's, it's been really interesting. It's been exciting and it's been challenging to, to find that balance between the uh, project management work and then the people management work. Because there's there's always priorities and there's demands every day for for both of those things, and so it's making sure that both sides of the coin are taken care of appropriately each day or each week as needed. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah, and I think I think it 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 really reflects. Um, on the manager themselves, if they're able to to change, uh, in order to you know you know be that way. So I, I love what you said, and that you know you always wanted, you know it works your way. You're you're kind of you know set in stone. 
this, this is what we should do. But if you don't allow your you know, mentees or your employees in your case to explore other options, you know, you're never going to know um, what the benefits are there. And, and it may be more be- efficient and more beneficial for them um, to, to do a different a way, right? right. So it, it's not about micromanaging and things like that. It's about trusting your team. And, yeah. And, and, and yeah, I totally agree with everything you said there. And it's, that's, it's letting people realize their potential as well too. Yeah. And, and trusting in their potential and recognizing that potential and, and believing in it. It's just a, a cultivating of it all, which is a, a whole nother way of thinking than just project management. I have one more question specifically for you. Uh, some advice for me. Okay. Uh, I'll brace myself. Yes. Um, in terms of your work-life balance, tell me how that changes when you start a family. Because, uh, you know, uh, I'll be starting a family here pretty soon. And yes, yes. I'm really interested in, in what that uh, what that all entails. Yeah. Well, first, a massive congratulations to you, Colin. I know that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's very exciting for you and, and for your family. Um yeah, whenever you enter in small children to the picture, I think uh, flexibility becomes the the name of the game. That's what I've been, again, very blessed to be able to have that in my early career uh, with my previous supervisor is being able to have the, the flexibility. And it's like sometimes you've got to drop kids off at daycare or sometimes you got to pick them up early and then it ends up being a little bit of a, a later night balance, but I think it's always been a, just been a communication setting of expectations, not just with clients, but with colleagues as well Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And just to be able to, to, to work and, and to get the work done, but to recognize that you're also a person as well too. And, a person who's taking care of little persons yes, as well, which, which is rewarding and tiring and, and exciting. So yes, very exciting. Uh, yeah. It, it's going to be appreciate uh, that advice. Yeah. Flexibility is the, is the name of the game. And I, I know that, I know that you're going to, you're going to do great. It's going to be, Thanks. yeah. And, uh, we'll have to come back again and talk about being, you know, engineers and parents or something like that yeah yeah something like that <laughs> yeah yeah no that would that would be exciting too but yeah, yeah. well thank you for that question Colin and I oh, just wanted to s- oh yeah well of course it's been it's been great getting to spend some time together and chatting and for sure learning a little- outside of convention right yeah exactly and learning a little bit more about you and hopefully you getting to learn a little bit more about me and I just want to thank everybody listening in and watching for joining us today. And on behalf of myself and my co-host, Colin Rube, I hope you have a great rest of your day and be sure to join us next time on Engineering Greatness, an original podcast from the American Concrete Institute. Thanks, Bye-bye. Pat.